you got to watch the people that you put around kids, people that don't have any skin in the game. Their kid isn't involved in what's going on. They're just there to be helping kids. You just, you want to keep one eye open. (laughs) If your kid's not on the team, there's an 87% (laughs) chance that you're there to molest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, your odds of being a horrible pedophilic clown go up 80%. So do you want to get into a couple of these uh, conspiracies? Let's do it. The Conspiracies and Beyond. So check us out on social media to Conspiracies and Beyond. Check out Seamus, Seamus Ignoramus on Twitter. We got Olympic conspiracies. And you know what's kind of funny? Have you guys ever heard of the Olympic conspiracy with the Titanic? Do you guys know that conspiracy? No. Basically, the Titanic had three ships. We're not going to get into a whole long thing here, but just a quick thing. The Titanic had three ships, and one of them was called the Olympic, and it got in a crash, and there's all sorts of holes in it and stuff. So one of the conspiracies is that they slapped the name Titanic over it, so it was really the Olympic that crashed and took all these people down for insurance money. But that's possibly another show. But I was doing some research, and I saw that, and then my daughter said to me the other day, she goes, the Olympic? You're talking about the Olympic conspiracy with the Titanic? Another thing was she probably saw like on TikTok. Yeah, we're, we're getting a lot of really good information from your daughter. She's, uh, she's keeping us abreast of what's going on TikTok. She's, she's, yeah. she's right up on it. So, yeah, that's the Olympic conspiracy with the Titanic. So maybe we'll get into that someday. But you got some old ones going way back to the early 1900s, don't you? If you were to wiki, like, the history of the Olympics and just put in, like, scandals and conspiracies in the Olympics— it's like it's every almost every four you know it's four years yeah I mean it's every single every Olympics has something weird going on with it and in the early twenties and thirties it was people weren't happy with Germany trying to take over the world so uh, they were banned a lot and there was a lot of like Nazi propaganda throughout the thirties because they hosted the games the Germany in the and its height of the Nazi party attempted to host the games in Berlin in nineteen thirty six. And actually used used the um the the games as like a pulpit for you know delivering the Nazi message and a bunch of people just bowed out of the thing entirely. I don't think it finished. It was just a total shit show. But every every year there's some weirdness occurring. And I know that once Russia started fucking around in uh, in, in Hungary and invading everywhere, <laughs> it's invading Afghanistan. People have used the Olympics to protest things that are going on politically. So that, yeah. that's insane that it was in Germany when all that was going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. In 1931, they selected uh, Berlin. The Olympic Committee selected Berlin to host the games in like 1931. Hitler was kind of rising to power. You know, the Nazi propaganda was like really live and 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 being spread like wildfire, and the whole movement was like in full swing. So it was really bizarre. You'd have to imagine there was probably somebody on the committee that had some skin in that game and wanted to see that happen. So 
Um, but yeah. When you think, yeah, when I think of the Nazis and Auschwitz, it seems like it's something that would be 500 years ago. That was under 100 years ago that crap was happening. The Second World War lasted, I think, till 1942. So from 31 to 42. Yeah, I, it's 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 not even a full hundred years ago. I, yeah, that's it's, wild. It's, it's i mean if you really go back and look at uh, some of the tactics and the strategies i mean you you, you might say geez we've seen some of this brainwashing propaganda sweep over us i'm not going to get political not going to get into it but you know you could see how if you just do your history just just study up you could see how an entire nation or the lion's share of one anyone could be misguided and misled and uh, and turn a blind eye to pretty horrible atrocities. Yeah, and Joe, you mentioned the other night about Hitler. That's a big one with the uh, the flat earthers and all those guys that think that they think the Hitler thing. They think he died of old age at some point. Yeah, yeah. There's there are conspiracies wait, out there that he did not commit suicide. Yeah. Why? Wait. Why are the flat Earth people though <laughs> on the? I don't even like. Because they're all one of those. That's one of those things they sort of have to believe. People, they're not on yeah. one thing. It's no, everything. It's everything. It's everything. Everything. Joe, Billy the Kid, for some reason, didn't exist. Like <laughs> the yeah. Wild West. Everything. It's all fake. <laughs> They'll just pick any any salacious topic and put a spin on it. Did you know that, you know, Billy the Kid was actually a homosexual uh, serial murderer? Did you know that? But yeah, that's why I kind of can't wait to I can't wait to get them back on because I, I want to know what they determine as real and fake. Like if someone gets shot in the street in front of us, would they say, oh, that was fake? I don't understand. Anything in the news yes. is fake for them. Every single thing, everything has a spin on it. It doesn't matter. It could literally be happening to them. Um, you, know, you see people going to their graves, you, you know, dying of COVID, denying that it exists as they're dying of right. COVID. I mean, the resolve of America right now to deny what is clearly right in front of you. And, and obviously the flat earthers are the extreme uh, end of that. I think the first story I want to go into is, I'm sure you saw this. Joe Sheamus was telling me about the boxing match last night. Oh, Unreal fight. Guy. Did you catch it, Joe? Oh. Yeah, one of the greatest. I think one of the greatest heavyweight fights maybe Ever. since Muhammad Ali was in a ring. Yeah, like that was Ever. unbelievable. I was, I was so, just, you know, I was so yeah. entertained. Yeah, I know. Now I wish I saw it. In the 1988 Seoul Olympics, you know about the Park Si Hun, how he beat Roy Jones Jr.? Yeah, he didn't beat anybody. It was one of the biggest robberies ever. So they said, they said even his like second and third fight, he should have lost, and for some reason, the judges kept giving him the win, the Asian man. And even going into the final match, Roy Jones knew he needed to kind of knock him out because he wasn't going to win in his decision. So let's look at the uh, when they announced the winner here. Well, if he doesn't win the goal off this, then I think there's something rotten in Korea because that is absolutely one of the most dominant things I've seen. He, I love how he picks Roy Jones Jr. up. Wouldn't you be like, let go of me? Roy <laughs> looked like he wanted to knock him cold when he lifted him up, too. <laughs> so Roy yeah, Jones Jr., 86 punches he landed. The other guy only landed 32, and he was like, had his back against the ropes the whole time. And I guess Roy Jones Jr. ran into him in the locker room or whatever, and he said, who won that fight? And the Asian guy said, you did. And he said, when he said that, I was completely fine with it. If he was going to act like he won, I would have had a real problem. But, like, how everything is so corrupt is 
brutal. Imagine you've trained your whole life. First of all, let's put this out there. That boxing is the most corrupt sport by a mile. <laughs> Throw the Olympics in and forget yeah. about it. It's like uh, it's like wrestling at that point. Right. It's already mob influenced. And now you you bring in an official arm of organized crime called the uh, USA Committee. Much the same as FIFA, much the same as the WBC. Um, the list goes on and on. Boxing has been corrupt since the jump, since it was bare knuckle fighting and, uh, you know, people were gambling on it in the streets. The WBC is headquartered in Mexico City, a.k.a. the most corrupt city in the world. Right. <laughs> so you could imagine how corrupt that boxing associate. They just had one a few weeks ago where, one of the refs, Todd, had a score that didn't match anybody else that was watching that fight. He picked the guy he wanted. He must have walked in with the scores already written down because right. it wasn't even close to what had happened to the point where the guy, the ref, the judge, rather, apologized the next day. Yeah, I love how the announcers kind of set it up before they raised his hand. They said, if he doesn't win this, something's wrong. <laughs> no, that, that's I mean it, that's always happened. I mean, you have to imagine there are so many instances of fighters taking dives. It's like the easiest thing. It's easier than point shaving. You just go down. How often has that happened? I mean, the prize money for corroborating, colluding rather with the mob is so much more than especially the earlier fighters were making. And definitely <laughs> a lot, some of the mid-tier and lower-tier fighters are definitely easy to get to. This Roy Jones fight was the most blatant, I think, in Olympic history. But again, Olympic boxing has a tendency to guys that win the gold are generally guys you end up never hearing of. It always yeah, ends right. up being the silver and the bronze guys who should have won the gold, who go on to become the greatest in the world. So, sus all the way. And one of the things that sucks is, well, Roy Jones Jr. had a great career, so this didn't hurt him like monetarily, but... Imagine if it was someone from Ghana or something, and it, the gold medal to them would mean millions of dollars, and then them screwing you out of that just for their own greed, whoever fixed it. I said to you guys a couple weeks Why ago, do you... if you remember this, side tangent, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about we send Serena Williams to represent America in the tennis Olympic competition. Can you imagine being some Croatian farmer and you spend <laughs> your whole life and you put all this work into the Olympics, and you get to the gold medal game, and it's Serena Williams. Holy crap, what is there? Really? Nobody, nobody was going to tell you that. It's like, oh, by the way, it's Serena. Good luck. Yeah, even like men's basketball and stuff, I do wish it was amateur-type players. Remember what it well, used so to be? Well, so we thought that once, yeah. once, once we got the pros involved, you know, in the, in the early 90s, we thought that every year we were just going to dominate. And it turns out, what we saw recently, some of these other uh, squads, a lot of them are NBA players themselves. You know, Jokic plays for his country. And a, there's a shit ton of uh, strong... Isn't it, uh, but isn't it supposed to be an amateur event? Right. It isn't is. the whole I mean, point I, I of the Olympics? So. It's, yeah. Right. It's only the, the major sports that are, are, are part of our culture that there are pros and non-pros. You wouldn't have professional, you know, hammer throwers. So, I mean, it, it's supposed to be the best athletes in the world. And that happens to be, for basketball, guys that are making millions of dollars playing at, the, at a level that no amateur could possibly fathom getting to. 
But sometimes, like, when you get, like, those Lithuanian teams or something, they gel better than if you just throw, like, 10 NBA stars to play for different teams that have never played with each oh, other. Yeah. Sometimes those teams are better. Well, who did the Durant USA team just lose to? I mean, they, they, they didn't lost two, end up. They lost, yeah, they lost two games. It wasn't, like, a powerhouses at all. I forget. Did they still end up winning the gold? I think they did get the gold, but even the gold medal game, I think they barely won or something. You would anticipate a sweep. You would just you put NBA players out there. You just you just anticipate like every line. If you can bet that game has to be like twenty. Yeah, right. You know, they're, they're not supposed yeah. to. Definitely not supposed to lose, but they're not supposed to win by any less than about fifteen points. It's Kevin Durant yeah, right. versus you know some guy in China. And the dream team. I mean, a lot of people kind of root against the current USA teams, but the dream team back in the early '90s that was the greatest team ever assembled. That was that so was fun. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was just fun. You knew that it was a joke, and especially yeah. back then. The other countries they weren't like enriched with NBA players, so there was like maybe one or two yeah. teams that had like one really good player on it. Like I remember Drazen Petrovic when he was, uh, you know, playing back. He was he was actually put up the best fight. Yeah, I think Tony Kukoc. Before. Yeah, Tony Kukoc. But I mean, it was just what a. What a murderer's row that 92 USA basketball team Oh, it was, was. like a buzzsaw. Oh, my God. It was every legend that you would love to see playing well, at the same time. Uh, and Christian Leitner. And, and then Christian Leitner. Nobody had to say it. Nobody had to add yeah. that part. They had to, well, he, was like, he was the legitimacy of this being an amateur team. Like, he wanted you. I'd be like, what are you talking about? We have Christian Leitner. He's like this kid. He's a part of our yeah. team. Oh, uh, and uh, Clyde the Glide, uh, Magic, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, uh, Patrick Ewing, no big deal, Akeem Olajuwon, Charles yeah. Barkley. Uh, the list goes on and on. Stockton awesome team. Alone. Do you remember? Oh, my God. Do you remember when they first put the dream team together and, like, the, an the sports analysts have to, like, make a story and they were like, are they going to be able to get everybody to the ball enough? <laughs> yes. Yes, they will. Don't yeah. you worry if you really about wanted that. to see good basketball, though, I understand like when they would would work out, like that the practice facility, Magic Johnson would have a team, and Michael would have a team, and they would go hard. They would go hard, like they didn't hold back. Like guys were getting like smashed, and it was '90s basketball, so it was not for the weak. Anyways, it was that was a man's game. I loved '90s, '80s, and '90s basketball is my wheelhouse. Yeah. I could, I can watch. Oh, yeah. I do watch reruns of '80s uh, basketball games all the time. It's just the best. I, I, I wish we had more of that. And almost every one of those players played their entire career for the same team. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And they bled their colors. Then they would go all out, risk their lives, getting clotheslined, getting you know into fist fights. It's just not like that anymore. And, and the games, they would be like 92 to 78. Remember, it was just like if you went, if, if the score exceeded 200 points, it was like rare. Now there's never, you look at over-unders and gambling, it's hardly ever do you have a, a, a total that's even at 200. I think when Utah was doing their thing, when they had that crazy defense, you would get in those lines. But even the low-scoring games are like low 200s. It's a totally different game now because I mean, if you yeah. go into the paint, you get fouled. Well, Doesn't yeah, matter what. We're so we're so spoiled growing up as Celtics fans. We had three major rivalries in like one decade. We had the Sixers, the Lakers, and the Pistons. Yeah, and we got the better. Well, did, did we get the better of the Lakers? It's kind of a toss up. Yeah, uh, three two. Uh, what we got eighty one, eighty four, and eighty six. They got eighty five, eighty seven. 
And the Pistons got a couple. What were you going to say, Joe? I saw you trying to chime in there. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember when United States basketball could beat Lithuania easily. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> nah, yeah, it's, we it's, it's, so much better than the Baltic countries. And now, boy. I well, no, because now the games anymore. Yeah, that's terrible. Now the NBA is actually getting major contributions from those countries. And basically those teams end up just being a, NBA light team and if they want it they're going to win. You get a bunch of NBA players that want to win versus a bunch of NBA players that think they can just come show up like it's 92 and mail it in. They're going to they're going to win. While we're on basketball, this is one of my all-time whenever I see this on TV I get so pissed. Joe, do you know about the 1972 one? This the is basketball. One of the most, well, first of all, you know the 72 Olympics was insane because of the whole Israeli thing. Commandos came in and killed some athletes. So you had I think that happened actually after this basketball game, but that that whole Olympics was there was a lot of tension in the air, and this didn't help things. Yeah, so Seamus basically to set this up, USA was sixty three and zero all time at the Olympics. They played Solid. Russia, and I yeah, and I, and this was when Russia and US was having all sorts of problems. This was the final game. Not like now, Russia would get along gangbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The one guy that I always remember. It is all hunky-dory now, isn't it, comrade? <laughs> you know Doug Collins, right? Remind me. He's like the coach. Uh, what was he the coach of? the? Was it the Pistons? Oh, I was going to say the Hawks. I always get it mixed up with Mike Fratello, which was also the Hawks. The um, I think they were partners uh, on air for a while, Collins and Fratello. Oh, really? I mean, you flopping them, yeah. Yeah, and Doug Collins' son now, he's the coach for Northwestern, I believe. Uh, anyways, he made two free throws to go up by one uh, with three seconds left. And let's just get the first clip of the Russians inbounding the ball. We never saw the official indicate that foul, but Doug Collins has perhaps won the game. Two seconds. All right, so Russia has no timeouts. They're dribbling up the court, and the Russian coach, like, runs over to call a timeout. I mean, nowadays, that would be a technical. And instead of ending the game, they're like, let's just, like, oh, my God. Like ruined Chris Weber's life. Yeah, I know. That wasn't exactly. a rule then. They were like, ah, just do it over. <laughs> yeah, so like, let's do it over. So they 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 throw three seconds on the clock, and then when the guy's doing the inbound, you know how you go right up to his face like this. They were trying to do a Christian Leitner, but the guy was going like this. So he has his hands up right in his face, so you really can't inbound it over him and do right. a length of the floor pass. So let's look at that clip. I am totally confused there. The clock is what they're doing. They're going back to three seconds, is what the PA announcer said. So we'll have to speculate that it's all over. Wow, what a finish for the United States. Winning their eighth consecutive gold medal. This place has gone crazy. So the, the graphic. No, that was the Russian guy or whatever. The clock had already sounded before the ball was in the air. So okay. anyways, you saw the graphic there, 50-49. The game is over. Then I guess there was even with the officials, they spoke different languages. So they said two officials. I remember Doug Collins say they were pulling the ball away from each other. It was like a tug of war. And they said the clock was screwed up. Like, we need to do this play over again. So they had to get some of the USA players out from the locker room to do one more play. Oh my and this God. was the final play. This is three tries. As a result of two pressure-packed foul shots by Doug Collins of Illinois State. Now the clock shows three seconds. 
There is time for the Russians to go to their big man, Alexander Belov. They're going to try. It's like four develop. seconds worth of play right there. That's insane. Yeah. He catches the ball. He does like three fakes. They had like an hourglass there. They... Holy smokes. And yeah. first of all, wasn't that this is the lamest play? <laughs> what were the defenders That's doing? That's the play. I'm going to throw it the length of the court, and Yuri Walklashev is going to catch the ball and do the whitest layup in the history of basketball. He like bends his knees. He sets his feet kisses it off the top of the glass and it comes down and that took like at least 10 seconds to happen. We yeah. have to be pulled out of the locker room celebration yeah. to finish the game again. Yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. So I'll try to get that clip up on, uh, on social media. Now, the funniest thing about this, well, not funny. It's almost kind of heartbreaking. All the silver medals are still there. The U S never collected those oh, silver yeah. medals. I don't they, want any they who wants that? Now that's, there was money on that game. Is the bottom line, yeah. or or somebody's Three life? Was it, it probably was somebody's life. So better off that we lose that thing. You know, yeah. Somebody got in a little too deep and needed that win by Russia. <laughs> yeah, that's no. pretty disgusting. Every time I see that I hear about it, I'm like, that's one of the worst. I mean, that's. Uh... I also feel like this really set the stage, though, for the miracle on ice because hockey was their thing. Oh yeah. And, Good point, Joe. You know, yeah, I mean, of course, that we won fair and square legit, but still, this was this kind of set the stage for the big for that big shit. <laughs> it's just so funny how they're just they're, they're like historically bandits. They're just like the worst. The Russians are just always the bad guys. They're always stealing things and doing things underhanded, and you know, weaseling their way and getting things surreptitiously. That's just like the Russian culture. It's the Russian way. Nothing is legit. Everything is a is is a one sided coin. You know, everything's a trick. Everything all the time. Constant games. Constant chess moves. Constant gotchas. They're always up to something. You can literally never trust them. And that's been going on in the USA uh, 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 scandals history is proof of it. You can't trust the Russian. They're, they're not even in the Olympics anymore. They're just all <laughs> like randos. They're just all compete like yeah. as individuals. That's what a corrupt country Russia is at the Olympics. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier, Todd and I, that Russia had over 200 medals removed from them when the doping scandal came out. I believe that was in 2016. It's pretty recent um, when they just realized like, hey, they've been cheating this whole time. And here's proof. All of these camps that they like put these children in, like these 10 year old girls even, and they're pumping them full of steroids to get muscles and to get, <laughs> to get an, an edge. And they took away, I think it was like 236 medals uh, from Russia. So I don't even know like if a Russian wins a medal, it, it probably goes before a review board and it, it's got an asterisk on it, even if it goes through, even if it passes the sniff test. It's just, there's no, there's just no legitimate Russian medal. Well. This is a perfect segue to the next one I have. I might as well go right into it since you're talking yeah. about the corrupt Russians. Oh, yeah. Now, go. we're going to do your fun stuff, and then I'm going to talk about the world's most notorious pedophile, just to give everybody okay. a, good, a, good, uh, a good sense, a good uh, feeling on the way home. Just yeah, quick, so it's all, uh, yeah, yeah. 20, 2019, sooner than you thought, uh, Seamus, was when the ban happened. 2019. Wow. 
2019. 2019 is when they basically said, hey, they cheat all the time. Here's, you know, 20 years of it. We'll take away these for sure, but probably all of them are bullshit. We're going to start with 236 medals, which is like everything they've won in the last 20-something years, and you can leave the rest of it up for debate. None of them are legitimate. As soon as they discovered anabolic steroids, they began using them in farming children to win medals. Fucking sick country. And uh, Joe, I was telling someone the other day about the the men's hockey that didn't really know much about it. They were they were like a twenty five year old kid or whatever. And I was trying to find like a good analogy. What could we compare that to in nowadays terms with sports? I was trying to think. Oh, it would have to be like a college basketball team like beating the Lakers. I, I just don't know how to really. Yeah, I mean that would that would definitely be a good comparison if you took the top college team and had them play the the NFL Super Bowl winner. That's about did, the comparison I think you get between those teams. Todd, did you hear the story of Headache Smith and the Arizona State basketball team? And no, uh, you know, uh, I I want to say it was. 1998, 1997-ish. It was the year that Grant Hill got drafted, maybe 96 then. And Arizona State, uh, Headache Smith was the name of their player. His name was actually Headache, and he was, he, was, he was a major headache for anybody that he played. And their second best player got into some sports book for like 10 Gs. And the guy was yeah. like, hey, you have no way to pay this back. What if you helped me by shaving a few points and explained to him what he would need to do and he was like, what do you mean? I, I can still win? He's like, oh, yeah, you can still win. You just can't win by more than six. And the kid was yeah. like, oh, that's it? And off to the races they went, and they, would, they did two games. The guys that they got in with, they, they made like $5 million um, oh just God. by going to, from one casino to the next to the next, putting in like $9,000 bets so they didn't generate a CTR, which is the report that gets sent to everybody when you make a 10000 or more bet at a casino. So that should have been red flags anyway. Um, but they got away scot-free. Nobody was chasing them. They didn't get found out anything. The player, Headache Smith, calls the guy and he's like, hey, we're playing US, UCLA tonight. You, you still want to do this? So he yeah. starts chasing him around. And one thing leads to another. He's like, all right, let's do it again. Try to double up. And FBI gets involved and the whole fucking thing just collapses on him. They're at the half and the coach is like, hey, the FBI is here. <laughs> is there's uh, This game is under protest. So even when we finish, they're not going to record yeah. the win until it passes a review. Is there something one of you wants to tell me right now? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like they knew the jig was up. Yeah. When, it's when you fucking yeah. heartbreaking because you're talking about like these kids were like, this is like 20 grand. He maybe made yeah. you know, the, other, the other kid made another 20 grand and they didn't get drafted. That's so heartbreaking because a, a 19 year old kid, they don't know better. You can get to him for that. And he doesn't see the forest from the trees, but he'd have been a multimillionaire. Headache Smith was the best player in that draft class. He would have went first round. first round pick. Absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah, that was that's tough to listen to. When you said Arizona State, I knew where you were going. I just didn't know that guy's <laughs> name. Yeah, let's get to this whole Russian. Um, yeah. Let's get to the scandals. bottom of Russia real quick. So another sport they dominated for over 40 years was the pairs figure skating. In the 2002 Salt Lake City Olympics, this is another one I remember. Jamie Saleh and David Pelletier from Canada. They were the favorites to win, but their biggest 
challenge was these Russians. And there was a, there's a, there's a short program and a long program. And they were in second place after the short and they dominated the long performance and the Russians slipped and fell. And of course, when they're announcing the winner, they give the gold to the Russians and everyone was in shock because everyone thought the Canadians had won. And you know, the next day it came out that one of the judges, a French judge gave it to the Russians in exchange for someone to vote for the French in the ice dancing. Like they made a little trade. I will give you ice dancing. You can have this, but you will bow to me when it comes to what was the event? Pairs figure skating and the other one was ice dancing, which is a complete, it's like a dancing thing. Oh, I'll give you the (laughs) ice dancing, but I get the pairs figures. Yeah. And that's another thing. Imagine training your whole life in this Lady judge is a, trying to ruin your life for a, a trade-off. <laughs> I can't imagine any woman trying to ruin my life, Todd. When would that happen? <laughs> <laughs> they ended up doing co-gold medals. They ended up giving. Oh, that's like nice. That's not very democratic. Yeah, a bit yeah. I no, remember that, that when, um, I remember when Tanya Harding got cracked in the knee. I immediately thought it was the Russians. You really? mean when Nancy got cracked in yeah. the knee? Oh yeah. Yeah, Nancy. Yeah. 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 Nancy Kerrigan. And she's got and she's on the ground. Why? Why? Remember I that thought part? for sure that was a Russian hit right there. Yeah. When it was when it was happening, that that's definitely who you went to, right? You're like, there's no way. That was My that was Boris. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Boris and I mean, Yuri like, just disappeared yeah. out the back. That's funny because that be, that's like within the same country they're fighting. Right. Tanya Harding was always like a cold, jealous. Nancy Kerrigan was the better skater, obviously. Yeah. Do you remember who won the gold? Do you remember who won the gold that year? Yep, it was Oksana Bayul. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we were she we was were a, way into it because we were rooting for Nancy. She was Stoneham's finest. I know. Oh yeah, I know. That was up near you. Yes. Oh, Nancy Kerrigan was a big deal. I remember she came into the restaurant I used to wait tables at when I was younger, and uh, and she was like, you know, who wanted like the celebrity treatment at Rainforest Cafe? (laughs) (laughs) She wanted to be put up in like the VIP Gorilla Suite or something. I don't know what she was thinking, but she she had her people tell us that Nancy Kerrigan was here, and we we had to like make special arrangements. And let people know and prep them like like she thought she was she thought she was Diana. It was funny. <laughs> it is funny back then because I mean, when every jump, weren't you at the edge of your seat? I wanted yeah. to win so bad. Oh, cow That's oh the sow that, cow that, coming. Todd, you know what this means. <laughs> She's going to do a triple most... deluxe sow cow this time, and you know the implications of that. <laughs> That's the most stressful sport to watch. <laughs> every jump. Uh, hey, how, remember, many, um, how many people was, uh, got into figure skating as a result of that, though? Like, can you imagine? Like, that blew up a little bit. It's like the Tiger Woods effect on probably a little bit smaller level. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, do you, do you remember Nancy Kerrigan's brother killed her father a couple years ago? No. Oh, that was all over the news. Nancy Kerrigan's brother killed her father. He's in jail for it. Jeez. Huh. Wow. Wow. That's, that's By the way, Oksana Bayul, obviously drunk from another country, but yeah, I was going to say, got a DWI here in Connecticut in 1997. Yeah, she was a drunk. I didn't know it was in Connecticut, though. I remember that. Yeah, it was in Bloomfield. Are all the, uh, all the Russians drunk? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they just show up with a bottle of Smirnoff. That's just, that's like their water bottle. <laughs> It's time to hydrate with Smirnoff. Bloomfield has Thomas Hooker Brewery. Do you, do you know yeah. that? That's in uh, Bloomfield. 
I've seen, yeah, I've, I've seen the, uh, the hooker brewery, uh, taps at, I think it was, um, uh, Mohegan or where do they have that? Not Mohegan. No. Oh, no, I think, th- I think I did see somewhere that they have Thomas hooker at one of the casinos or something. Yes. Yeah. Wh- why can't I think of it? It's one of their sports books. I, I put that in parentheses, air quotes, cause they don't have sports. They have, you know, racing and simulcasts. There's hooker establishments all over Connecticut. And one of the things you can get is a blonde hooker and everybody orders and goes, ah, ha, 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 ha. get it. <laughs> That's like the fun joke you tell when you order a blonde hooker. Uh, Joe, who is Thomas hooker? Do you know oh, like his historical thing? Yeah. He's just one of our founding fathers. He didn't really do anything overly cool, yeah. you know, compared to most of the other ones, but he's kind of Connecticut's guy. And uh, yeah, Hamilton yeah. gets all the credit, but you know, no yeah. one talks about hooker. For some reason, everything in Connecticut is named after Thomas Hooker. Yeah, that's a very catchy name. You want to put yeah. that on everything. Well, he left Massachusetts and he came to the Hartford area and started Connecticut, which yeah. I don't know why he gets he gets so much respect for it. We'd be better yeah. off if we were just a part of Massachusetts. Right. Yeah, I, you, you hear more about like stores and you know uh, than I don't I don't I, outside of the beer I don't hear a lot of hookers. Is there like a hooker hall or what other what other oh, hookers yeah. in Connecticut do you know, Joe? Oh, dude, all over Connecticut there there's Thomas Hooker School. There's got to be I would bet almost every town in Connecticut probably has a hooker school. Hmm. The implications sort of, of that are endless. I mean, there's yeah. there's there are too many obvious jokes to make. Yeah, I'm just laying these out there like softballs. I don't know why anybody isn't hitting them. It's just too easy. I don't know. I mean, yeah. like, a Todd. long line of hookers in Connecticut. Oh, I got it. There's a long oh. line of hookers in Connecticut. You don't have to tell Lots Todd. Of hooker establishments, I said. Exactly. Come on. Uh, yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> I mean, Joe, you lit up when you said hooker the first time. I was like, it's oh. funny. I still think it's funny. I still yeah. call them prostitutes. I won't say sex worker. I don't get that. You live in prostitute, it, Connecticut? <laughs> it is annoying though if you work at a hooker brewery people come in like you said for the first time and like how many times they have to hear the same annoying they joke must hear the same them. joke the same blonde I've hooker never joke. visited a hooker before <laughs> oh, <laughs> cheapest hooker i've had all year oh, yeah. i'll have two hookers at that price <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was telling somebody the other- comedy there, Todd. We're gonna go. We're you and I are gonna yeah. go. We're gonna record all of the dad jokes about hookers we can make in one sitting. It's kind of cool the area we live in, because Joe, I think I told you, I've been to all 351 Massachusetts towns. I've been to all 169 Connecticut towns. You guys are really diverse too. You have like obviously mm-hmm. like the south, like the southwest, super rich, and then you get like the yep. quiet corner where you can drive for like 100 miles and not find a gas station. It's, it's kind of cool where we live. It's so weird. Yeah, this overread. This is a yeah. Your state's weird. Ours is equally weird. I don't think you see that in a lot of other states. And there's states obviously that are much bigger, but they're mostly just the same thing for thousands of miles. Whereas where every like forty miles you have like something totally different. Although you still have the nice foliage all year round. Seamus, we could be in Connecticut in maybe like 10 to 15 minutes, Rhode Island in 40, 45, uh, Vermont and New Hampshire, Maine, all like within like an hour and a half, half, two hours, New York, a couple of, I mean, we can be in like six, seven different states, like in a matter of Yeah, we we basically have our own portal called 84. Right, yeah. That's our our portal. We can go to all of these, these alternate realities. 
like uh, like Bridgeport, Connecticut, and get shot yeah, all, at two in the yeah. morning. Bridgeport and won't take be very long. nice, by the way. I'm sorry, Joe. Joe gets very tested. Yo, I've been I've been to Blackrock. Long time friends with Aaron Hernandez, Joe Aguirre. <laughs> I've got an Aaron Hernandez story I'll tell, not tonight. Oh, but I, yeah, dude, 70 dude, years no. ago, Bridgeport was like a very nice town in Connecticut. Now it's not. <laughs> I'm going completely off topic, but I just, I, this popped into my head when you talk about like sketchy places. Sometimes you don't know and you go somewhere for the first time and you, you thought it was some innocuous like vanilla place. But I remember I went, my wife had some Groupon or something. We got a, a room in I, I want to say it was Manchester, New Hampshire, and <laughs> that's I, the worst place. And I had no idea because I know that I'd played cards in Manchester before, and I know it had a, a reputation or whatever. But I just kind of thought it was tongue in cheek, and it was wasn't real. There was nothing really to it. it was like, oh, maybe there's some trashy bars or something, dude. We <laughs> we go to the hotel, and she wants to do like a walkabout, like to go around looking at you know shops and stuff and there was like some scavenger hunt we downloaded like to like to learn more about manchester like we had no fucking idea where we were we were gonna like tra la la and we get out and within five minutes of just like walking down the street you realize we're the only ones here who aren't high on heroin like we're the only ones here that are either not mm -hmm. high on heroin or coming down from heroin, jonesing for heroin, shaking on the corner. Everyone there, it's like a zombie town. Everyone's hunched over, all doped up. There's needles all over the fucking place. So we go down the road a couple minutes and I'm like, you're not noticing this. I mean, you're not, look, look around you. This is walking dead. And I said to a cop, I go, what happened? He goes, what do you mean? I go, what, what the fuck is this? And he knew what I was talking to him. He goes like, this is the way it's been since i got on the force i don't know manchester's a shithole it is <laughs> manchester's horrible it's just yeah. it's it's a place where drug addicts go to die it's it's yeah. so fucking infested with heroin addicts it's wild they're just hanging off of buildings and sleeping under cars but i mean the whole place is just it's it's very apocalyptic like end of the world type shit where the police aren't even stopping people people are just like defecating in the streets manchester everybody uh there's that, group ponds available that, I was going to say, that's where your wife took you for a date in Manchester. Yeah, that's, that's why the Groupon was so generous, honey. I think that's why we got the room for 20 bucks because it was, it was essentially a halfway house. So we probably don't want to go there on a vacation. Let's, you know, we're doing okay. Let's splurge the extra couple bucks and stay out of the uh, heroin alley. It's funny because right around there, they have some beautiful towns. It's just for some reason, Manchester. Oh, my God. Manchester, New Hampshire. I, I'm sorry if anybody is offended by anything I've said about Manchester, New Hampshire. I, I understand there was probably a time when it wasn't endless heroin addicts walking aimlessly through the streets, but that's what it is now. That's what I noticed. The, the one thing that always cracks me up about New Hampshire is people used to go up to the border because there was no tax. How much money are you possibly <laughs> saving to buy beer? Between the gas the that you're spending to get up yeah. there? Yeah. And the, like, what is the math? Right. Exactly. What does that extra yeah. percentage come out to? Unless you're buying like $15,000 worth of alcohol, yeah. what exactly are you saving on that? <laughs> That's just dumb mass hole idiotic shit that mass holes would do they'd be like let's get cottons of cigarettes and a bunch of beers at the at the fucking we're gonna drive an hour and a half yeah so 
I actually pulled up this picture not too long ago because I want I definitely want to do a show on social media to kind of get Jedi in the loop. But Joe, we had we're, we're like so off of the Olympics at this point. I'm going to talk about my last Olympic conspiracy. So Michael Phelps, obviously the most decorated Olympian of all time. That one Olympic in 2008 in Beijing where he won, I don't even know how many medals, he won double digits. I remember watching this live. He was doing the butterfly and he got off to a terrible start and watch like the last little bit of this race. It's kind of clear he comes in second because you see the guy ahead at the line and Michael Phelps is a guy just above him. Let's watch the end of that race. That was just the weirdest thing. I remember watching that live. They showed his mother in the crowd. She was holding up two fingers. And then all of a sudden, she was like, oh, my God, he won. So they don't know if something was wrong with the sensor or if him pushing towards it somehow set off the sensor. Who, but it looked who, like to me who he actually got second. won that race? Phelps. Yeah, so Phelps won the race. No, but if you yeah, watch the actual... The guy in right, lane so, four definitely touched the wall first. That's what I'm saying. So who Easily. who actually won the race? They the gave win- it to Phelps, despite yeah. the fact he shouldn't have won. That's the conspiracy. Why? Right, exactly. Yeah, what, who, who? Yeah, but who is the guy that should have won? Anybody know? Civic? Or is that the name of Civic? Joe, can you pull that up one more time? Lane four appears to win, but they give it to lane five. <laughs> So you can see the guy in line four. Phelps is just on above him. I saw his hand hit the wall. I'm I'm team Phelps yeah. all day. <laughs> I mean, it could be an illusion. I don't know, but the other guy appeared to be underwater and touch it, and then Phelps was like, "Look, well, like at least underwater. like a foot behind him." Yeah. I hate to break it to you, but the whole, the whole race was underwater. I, I meant to tell you that earlier. Yeah, they all but got anyway, the so raced. If you want to see that clip, let us know what you think. So the Michael Phelps, the 100-meter butterfly. Oh, no, actually, just the butterfly in the 2008 Olympics. When you think of so, the yeah. greatest all-time champions just uh, all around, just in athletics, top three, you can't do it without putting Michael Phelps somewhere in that top three. To me, it's him. It's probably Hussein, Hussein Bolt. Hussein uh, Bolt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for his collection of medals. And I would also argue, I hate to say it because he's a piece of shit, but Floyd Money Mayweather is also in that discussion. Or uh, what are, you, are you talking Pedro. Olympians? Not just Olympians. I'm saying all-time athletes. And then as you go further down the list, oh. maybe like around like five, six, seven, you'd get to like, your Gretzky's, Jordan's, Brady's, that kind of thing. But in terms of know. overall body of work, Phelps might yeah. be number one. I don't know if I've shared this with you. I don't know if you know, but in 2017, Michael Phelps suggested that all of the other swimmers were all doping. No shit. So that is, would make him like which, Superman. Which, well, right. Again, makes him Superman. And, and I've always complained about your boy Usain Bolt, Seamus. Every single guy that came in second and third, all the silver and bronze medalists, all... Eventually got uh, banned for using performance-enhancing drugs. 
So apparently everybody Usain Bolt was beating, much like Michael Phelps, we're all getting popped for steroids. And yet so that, these two guys were beating them all handily. You tell me, right. buddy. There's no way. No. Don't believe it. I, I don't I know. Like, who's who's doing think, Jamaica a favor? Dude, that guy's made a ton of money. I'm sure whoever's Yeah, I'm sure he has his way. But... I looked up his net worth not too long ago. It was like seventy million or something. It was just something insane. Not bad for yeah. running. Yeah, give me a break. Yeah, so you'd have to throw obviously like Bill Russell in the mix, Jordan. Bill Russell's like on that list. Yeah, all all those all those. Um, I mean, Bill Russell. Um, you know, it's it's hard to put a list because it's like it's like different it's sports. Hard. Like, do you put Kareem do you put Carl Lewis, Carl Lewis on the list? Carl I mean, isn't, yeah, Kareem. Isn't Jesse Owens the greatest the greatest athlete in the world? Given what he did, where he did it, when he did it. Sure. And what it meant to the world when he did it. I don't think on two, anybody on two borrowed that. sneakers that didn't fit him. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm, I, I can't yeah. argue that. When you look at these records, like the 100-meter dash right now, how can it get much lower ever? It's to the point, like the threshold. You know what I mean? No one's ever going to crack like 9.2 seconds. You know, it doesn't Do seem you like you could. remember in 1974, Roger Bannister broke the four-minute yeah. mile? And now I know eight-year-olds that can run a four-minute mile. Like, yeah, what happened? What happened to the mile? Yeah, I, I think I think you can sustain anything for one mile. It's just such a short distance, right? Yeah, but it used to be nobody could do it. Now, like anybody can do it. My Evolution. grandmother ran a uh, a, a three fifty-eight. No, right. sir. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what her exact score was, but. Mama Aguirre, she had chit kicks. <laughs> she had eight-year-olds. Eight um, Borrowed yeah. sneakers, mind you. Borrowed sneakers she ran in that. Very impressive. Oh, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> We're going to do a show dedicated to, uh, to to Joe's grandmother. But uh, before what, uh... we do that, let's, let's get to the main event that everybody's been waiting to hear about the greatest USA Gymnastics sex abuse scandal, right? We all want to know about Larry Nasser talk about what that was all about you guys remember that right oh yeah yeah larry nasser he he, he abused uh girls starting in the uh late 1990s when he was the uh team doctor for michigan state and eventually became involved with a committee known as usag which is the usa gymnastics committee they have a whole bunch of gyms and he was a team doctor for these gyms and we know about larry nasser because that was major news and all of the top athletes in the sport came out and you know said their piece and he, he went to prison and it was very public but you don't hear about all of the other ones see usag they kind of operate in the same way that, you know, cardinal law and the Catholic Church shuffled around predators from one church to the next. So did they with gyms. And he was just one of those known pedophiles. He was one of these known guys that President Steve Penny of the USAG knew about. And Steve Penny says, and I quote, to the best of my knowledge, there's no duty to report if you are or you are not a third party to some allegation. And that lies with the person who has firsthand knowledge. In other words, if it's not coming from the athlete or the athlete's family, we don't have to say anything. 
So they covered this stuff up. And the the list of people that have been caught over the years, uh, one coach, Robert Dean, pled guilty to raping a 12-year-old girl. Uh, he was sentenced to, uh, to life in prison. Another guy uh, back in 2000, also 2013, Georgia coach William McCabe, he pled guilty to to the same sort of uh, behavior, some 11-year-old kid, um, and he ends up committing uh, suicide in prison. And there's just one after the other after the other. This USAG, they covered this shit up. There's a, there's a much larger story at play here beyond just Larry Nasser being a, a fucking weirdo, which, by the way, if you Google Larry Nasser, you just look at this guy. That's who you would probably cast to play a pedophile in a movie. Like the, you look at him one time, and it's yeah, just there's, right. <laughs> there's just well, there's there's no there's no surprise factor. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a pedophile. I I think it's like chilling, like the people that are just sending him other places, knowing that there's going to be other victims. That is the most. Can you imagine thing. the level of depravity that you need to stoop to, where you're okay knowing that that person is working around you. I mean, you yourself must be a, a predator, right? This Steve Penny is obviously a, a piece of shit. And if you look at the, this is another guy. Yeah, Google this guy, Steve Penny, and just take a look at him. He looks like the type of guy that would have started the LuLaRoe pyramid scheme. He's got that, <laughs> he's, he's got that, uh, that, that like shifty Mormon face where he, you know, starts preaching God and, and steals your money and, or, uh, or in this case, uh, you know, molest your kid. Yeah. Do you oh, guys remember, do you guys remember when they were giving Michaela Maroney shit for making this face? Yes. Now yeah. we know why she was making the face. <laughs> That's not funny. It's, it is. No, but, yeah. it's, no I, don't need, I don't mean it to be funny, but I remember when that girl <laughs> took all, well, she took a lot of heat and people were like, represent the United States. This should be like the biggest honor of her career. Well, if she wasn't being sexually molested, she probably would be smiling. And I notice, you know, it's funny. I mean, they've got everybody and their brother apologizing. How come no one's had to apologize for that bullshit? I haven't heard a single apology. Not a no, one. It, but God forbid Matt Damon say fag in context explaining it's bad to use and people freak the fuck out. How did this go on for years and this poor girl? I don't mean it to be funny, Seamus. This girl got mocked for a really long time. Yeah, no, and, it's, and the reason she was feeling that way was because everybody at U.S. Olympics was letting her down. Yeah, and that's and that was the culture before me too. And now, obviously, we've gone hard the other direction. But like that was why. That's why this extreme reaction that you see with me too, because there there was it was allowed. Like, look at R. Kelly. People saw the R. Kelly tape. They literally saw him having sex and pissing on. A 12-year-old girl, they know he went to trial for it. Yes, he got acquitted, but everyone saw the tape. Everyone knew, and everyone had heard endless allegations, endless stories, reports about this guy hanging out at high schools and at ma malls and you know gathering these children up like the Pied Piper. That was his nickname, by the way. They called him the Pied Piper. Everybody knew that he was doing that, but that was the culture before Me Too. It was you could look the other way or people justify doing something. It's such an interesting thing, herd mentality, isn't it? Where if enough people confirm your bias, if enough people confirm this behavior as being status quo, you'll just go along with it. Whether it's burning Jews, whether it's molesting kids, whether it's, you know, what have you, you know, if, if enough people are saying it's okay, you just go along with it. Now, 
obviously we're we're a lot more sensitive to to that sort of allegation. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein, girls would just go along with it because I think he just did it all the time and basically said, like, oh, I'm a very famous guy. I can do this. Yeah, I always I wonder if, they, if they're going to start teaching, like, classes in school to kids to say it's okay to come forward because kids don't ever want to come forward with this type of thing. They need to somehow know that they need to do that. That's horrifying. Think that your child could be molested and they don't think it's okay to say something. I mean, the culture was, so, and this speaks to, to the culture being what it was, it was so bad that Larry Nasser had the audacity to molest these girls right in plain sight of their parents under the guise of treatment with absolutely no fear at all of being caught being, you know, called out for what he was doing and just the, the, the callousness of this guy going back all the way, like I said, to the early 1990s. He was convicted in 2017, but it's believed that, you know, he uh, molested uh, over 300 girls. Jesus Christ. Yeah, 368 were alleged victims, and that's just the folks you know about. Yeah. Those are the people that exactly. actually said something, and there's something in writing. And then there's everyone you don't know about. Like, this was just yeah. regular behavior for this fucking guy. And the, the bigger tragedy, though, because you know that sick people exist, and you hope that there are systems in place to catch these people at some point, limit the damage, you know, and, and remove them from our society. But the bigger story here is what this USAG was allowed to do. And these these people that were in charge, they're the real culprits. Larry Nasser was the doer, obviously, but the facilitators right. are still thriving. They still look like millionaires. They still look like unscrupulous, you know, criminals. Uh, and, and Peter, uh, what's his name? Don Peters is, is a guy that's um, uh, affiliated with the USAG who, who does the background checks. Those people need to be looked at. The Steve Penny needs to be looked at. Um, th there's obviously a, a, a big, you know, hornet's nest uh, to be poked. Yeah. And what a nerd, too, Larry Nass, when you look at pictures of him. Yeah, what a nerd. <laughs> let's take his lunch money yeah yeah even without like if he wasn't a pedophile you still want to beat his ass right is that what you're saying yeah but like you said earlier you have to be a sociopath because like if you did it to one kid you'd be so terrified that they would tell but to just do it to like whatever 300 500 or thousand i mean if you, you do it to one kid it's kind of like yeah you know we all have that, that fuck the kid yeah. phase you know but if you're doing it as like a means of you know behavior then yeah it's a major problem I agree. Todd, you're spot on. Remember when we were kids, it was a giant thing. Every four years, they would have both Olympics. Now it's so different. It's, it seems like, oh, it's the Olympics again. Oh, oh and another Olympics. Kind of <laughs> what are they like doing? They just now. stagger different types of Olympics? Like, uh, it's, a, like, it's every, what, two years now, just a different, like a summer than winter, I believe. Is that what they do, Joe, now? Yeah, it's it's every every two years you're either going to get a summer or a winter. Yeah, they they uh, set it up to stagger. But it's summer's like the big boy. Yeah. Summer's summer's the one that you want, right? That's that's the real Olympics as far as everyone's concerned. Because of the track and field, I I, I agree with that. I but, don't know. The figure skating so powerful. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just like we're saying again, things were better when we were kids. The Olympics yeah. every four years was such an, a big thing. Bring back the like, 80s when nothing bad ever happened. <laughs> you know, uh, the, more innocent times when we didn't know really why we hated Russia. We just did. 
and everybody flew a flag and they were happy to take their vitamins and all of our action figures had muscles and, uh, and six packs for some weird reason. Yeah. Oh, they were very homoerotic action figures, weren't they, Joe? You'd yeah. be like, this is impressive, He-Man. Like rubbing my hand down his six pack. That was mm. kind of weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's He-Man really worked on his delts today. Those things are protruding. Hey, remember? Remember Greg Louganis hit his head in the diving board and he had AIDS and all the blood went into the pool? Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he just, like, didn't say anything? He's like, oh, the chlorine will take care of that. Well, it, it kind of will. I wouldn't swim in a pool full of AIDS blood, but it, AIDS blood's not going to get any of your bloodstream from swimming in it, Todd. How dare you? You're so close-minded. <laughs> swim in an AIDS pool for once, you fucking uptight white devil. Did you see the girl who won the gold this year with the diving? She was like 13 or something. That Chinese girl, she got a 10 like every time. She was amazing. <laughs> was she really good at it, though? Does anybody just do like a cannonball and be like, ha fuck you? <laughs> that would be awesome. I mean, one of the countries that sucks should do it. You know you're not going to win. You should just you should just do like, right, a, trick, but, like, a, like a Rodney but, Dangerfield type situation. The triple Lindy? Yes, the Triple Lindy. Those are great. That's only movie. performed by Rodney. That was awesome. Somebody needs to do the Triple Lindy, and I would give it. I'd, I'd give it an eight point four. Rodney's another guy where if you just gave his stupid jokes to any other comedian, oh. they said it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be funny. It just for some reason the way he delivers it, it's just hysterical. Oh, he's the best. I love Rodney. He says, "Oh, my wife. My wife got me to quit smoking. She said I only smoke after sex." I've had the same pack since 1974. She's up to three packs a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, we have anything else in the Olympics? Other than it is a, uh, a, a like a shell organization for pedophiles? Uh, no, no, that's 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 the only thing. Uh, here's an idea I, I was mulling about. Tell me if you think this is crazy when it comes to uh, gymnastics. No dudes. How's that? What do you think? Oh, no yeah, dudes. Just, just no dude coaches, no dude trainers, no dudes. There's plenty of women that want jobs. Let's just let's just keep it female and, and just are you we'll talking cut down on the scandals yeah. by about 98%. Are you talking about no dude athletes too? You can have dude athletes. The dude athletes are oh, just—they're okay. just trying to do their thing. You know, those guys. Every th th those guys are into uh, to, to to doing the rings. They're not. Um, you know, doing anal beads. Right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Look at, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Men are gross. Let's just eliminate men from from uh, from sports training and, uh, and and carry on with our lives. Yep. All right. So check us out on social media. Check Seamus out on Twitter, and uh, we'll see you next week.